ready. Welcome to episode 41 of the Go Get Em Agility podcast. My name is Margaret Hughes. I'm your host, along with my daughter, Emma Hughes. Hi, everybody. Hi, Emma. Uh, welcome to 2024. Yeah, exciting happy, year. Yeah, happy, yappy new year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in part of my quest of 2024, while I have some time off during the holidays, I've been trying to clean the house a little bit. I've noticed. <laughs> I've been a part of that, forcibly. Uh, and so, uh, today, I was cleaning a, a shelving in my office and I came across a notepad and I'm like, what is in this notepad? Well, it was, it's all seminars that I went to uh, notes from seminars back in 2001, 2002. And I came across a Susan Garrett seminar that I attended. One of the things that I wrote down from the seminar that I attended with her is if and this is this is me quoting whatever she said. So whatever I was listening to her, I was writing my own notes. So this is not a direct quote from her, but I, I don't write shorthand very well, and so this probably was a full quote from her. Um, if and here's the quote. So this was talking about agility, um, and we we're looks like we were discussing contacts, and she said, if you need to help your dog with contacts. Your dog doesn't know context. And so back in the day, I I was smitten by that sentence. If your dog doesn't, if you have to help your dog with their context, meaning the yellow part, I'm assuming she was talking about. Well, I guess you could talk. If you have to, my, the way that I see is if you have to lead them up going like, with your and then like you know with your hands like come up puppy come up puppy Lauren and then up. when they get down to the bottom you have to do like the whole oh creep forward creep forward creep forward okay now you've hit it okay now wait you know if you have to walk them through the whole thing that's my version that's what i think of that's how I'm... you interpret that saying yes yeah so I, I i see it as it could she could have been talking about the up contacts the middle plank of the dog walk bringing them back down the A-frame or getting into the uh, ascending yellow zone of, or whatever color, not all contacts are yellow, but getting into the down contact zone. If you have to help them, then they don't know their contacts. yeah. But I actually want to talk about weave pulls. Well, I was just going to say, I was wondering if this podcast was going to be called Weave Pulls, and then people will click on it, and we're going to start talking about contacts, and they're like, man, I don't know what this is supposed to be about. They mislabeled their podcast. Yeah, I went to you and I said, I want to do weave pulls, and then I saw this quote, and I thought, this applies to every obstacle in agility. If your dog doesn't know tunnels, if you have to help get them into the tunnel, then they don't know tunnels. Or if you have to help get them into and keep them in the weave poles, then they don't know weave poles. I must say, though, I've had some dogs that I know no tunnels 
that just have bad days. <laughs> and they're like, I'm just not doing it today. And I had a student that I've had for a while now. And for some reason, her dog's gone backwards on tunnels. Um, so yeah, we need to readdress that in the new year. But, um, and, and anytime, let me just say this, that anytime a dog does have something and then they lose it, I worry about medical stuff or something's amiss with the obstacle that they're backing down on. Like, like, so my tunnel could have, I actually had quite a few dogs stopping in this one tunnel. So I'm wondering if there's something in there. So I need to get in there and uh, clean it out, look for anything. Even Eli went in and smelled. So, um, yeah, I, I, when dogs have something and then all of a sudden they don't, I either think medical on the dog's part, uh, something's wrong with the obstacle um, or something along those lines. But in general, we're talking about dogs that don't have it and you always have to help them, right? Like you always have to help them find the entrance to the weave poles. You always have to help them stay in the weave poles, whether six or whether 12. You can't do any of your side changes until they're finished with the weed pulls, then I would say that your dog doesn't truly know and understand their job to go in, find the entrance, stay in, and exit, um, and stay in the weed pulls regardless of how you're trying to transition the exit. Um, I agree with that, but I also think not, but but I'm going to add on. I. I worry about Dottie's contacts, which, by the way, are uh, I've been going at them with renewed spirits. Uh, but I do think that me thinking, oh, okay, I should probably stay next to Dot for her contacts. Um, and then somebody actually pointing to the yellow and saying, okay, come down, come down, come down. Okay, now touch it. I think there are levels of help as well. Uh, so I would argue I'm going to switch uh, obstacles on you for a second. I would argue that, for example, Dot needs less help on jump distance than Eli does, right? Um, and so that's not particularly what we're talking about. If you say, okay, dog, you know this jump, go over and we send them to it. I don't think that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about your dog doesn't really know what a jump is. Your dog doesn't know what the weevils are, and yet you still kind of fumble your way through it. And I think you'll know. If you're fumbling your way through it, I think you will feel it. You might feel embarrassed or um, you might feel rushed because you're right there helping a four-legged animal that's definitely faster than you. Um, so I would, I just want to clarify that it's not like, oh, I'm a little bit worried about that weave pull entrance. I'll have to help her on that weave pull entrance, but then she'll be fine. It's like my dog doesn't know weave pulls and I'm going to basically lead them through it and pretend I have a cookie in my hand to get them through it. Right. Well, it doesn't mean that there aren't levels of difficulty once they do know it. Right. And you as a handler could have different levels of what you think trained is. So like in my head, right, Dottie has trained weave pulls, but I'm sure, you know, if we went to EO, they'd be like, those aren't trained weave pulls. You know, why don't you do this entrance? Why don't you do that? Um, and so it's different levels of people as well. Um, you have your own standards and you know your standards or your trainer has standards and they know your standards. Yeah, maybe people get stuck with because they don't know how to get any further than they are. And so they're comfortable 
just luring. But I think a couple episodes ago, I can't remember which um, podcast we were talking about, but you had said that you could stay in um, open for quite some time because your weave poles aren't up to 12. So like you could fumble your way through six in novice. Right. And then you get up to open and you have to stay there until you train up to 12. Right. right. And then you can get out of, out of open. I th- I think that having alluring, helping them with all entrances, right? Like there's a, there's a level of difficulty in entrances. There's a level of difficulty in exits. And so while your dog may understand the weave pulls on a basic level, if you want to go beyond open um, and continue in masters or even go beyond that into premiere, you're going to want to have weave pulls that are a little bit more independent. And the yeah. independence offers the handler a lot more flexibility on their location. Right. It offers them flexibility on distance, on convergence, on divergence, um, on on all their handling choices for crosses before and after the, the entrance or the exit. Right. Right. Uh, and if yeah. you stick with just basic lured weave poles, you're never going to have the option to have independence. No. Right. And so and your handling gets stuck. I also think that it might be a social thing as well. Maybe not a social thing. Social is not the right word for it. But I think, I mean, I've been, we've been doing agility for quite a while now. And you can tell, right? You can tell when somebody doesn't have weevils. And I'm not saying that those people are, are worse handlers or they shouldn't be doing agility. That's not true at all. But I do think that if you have to lure your dog through the weevils and you say, okay, well, let's do premiere. And you step into the premiere ring. I think that it's kind of like going to a school presentation and you just kind of whip the slides together, but you didn't actually practice. And your teacher just kind of looks at you and they're like, okay, um, that was fine, I guess. Not speaking from experience, obviously. Um, but it's the same in Premiere where it's just like, yeah, okay, you did it, but was it any fun? Then that's the point, right? Is Shouldn't you be having fun? Shouldn't this be comfortable for you? Well, I or don't at least know. a little bit exhilarating? Yeah, I look at it more from the dog's point of view, and I'm not convinced that luring, I've seen some luring that the dogs are like, yeah, okay, this is fun. I'm following you really fast and enjoying the back and forth, back and forth. But I've seen other luring because the food's no longer involved. Yeah. That the dog is like, uh. Right. And they know you don't have food. They know that. Right. They can smell. (laughs) Yeah. They know. They They 100% know. Right. And so- um, I think that it's beneficial to build up wheat pulls. Yeah. So let's talk about the three main things of wheat pulls. Entrances, the the duration of the wheat pulls, the longevity of the wheat pulls, the internal pulls, <laughs> and the exits. Because those are the three main things, right? So your yeah. beginning, your entrances, your wheat pulls themselves, or Essentially, what you're working through is your dog's footwork, the the middle part of the weepals, and then your exits. And so let's offer some guidelines on how you work 
entrances, how you work, duration, and how you, you know, or duration. When I say duration, I mean 12 poles, building up to 12 poles, and then how you work exits. I want to come right out of the gate, and I want to brag about, how old was I? Six years old. When I was six years old and Millie was learning weave pulls, um, I was told that I had to distract her. We did distract, not distraction training, but we did like, oh, let's do some funky little things in the yard, right? And I do cartwheels um, while she was in the weave pulls. I do like spins. I would sit on the ground. What else did I do? Um, I can't remember. But my point being is that weave pulls are kind of funky, so you can be funky too as a handler. Like, you don't just have to sit there and run away and go back and forth and back and forth. You can do cartwheels if you can, or you can do little pirouettes. Uh, you can make funny noises. Uh, weave pulls are fun, and I think that more people should have fun with them. Yeah. Okay, so... That's for the middle. I completely jumped the entrance, which is... <laughs> Terrible, because that's my no, favorite no, part. No, not really. The entrances really. are my favorite part of Weeple, so this is rare for me. So you went straight into distractions. Yes, because it's yeah. fun to talk about six-year-olds doing Weeples. Yeah, you went straight into distractions, which I think that, that once... So, first off, I think that... How do you get past luring? How do you... If you've been... I don't think you should start in the first place. Well, that's for sure. And if you are luring scrap it perhaps like okay i don't mean that in like a, oh that's terrible and awful um try to have a new perspective maybe try and think oh maybe let's see if we can make this a little bit more fun right if it's not i mean if you guys are having a good time keep on doing it right but if you're like okay this could be better and i feel like i'm losing time here just don't lure again just don't and like start on two by twos or channels um I think I genuinely, I really, I think that you kind of just have to teach the dog that it's a whole new obstacle. It's kind of like retraining contacts where you're like, okay, everything you've learned, if you're a lure, everything you've learned before this point in time is kind of irrelevant, except for which entrance to which side to, of the weevils to go on. Yeah. So, okay. So if you, if you're, if you're struggling with weevils, if your dog uh, pops out of them or I uh, can't find the entrance, then yeah, just go right back to the beginning. You don't have to scrap what you've learned. I mean, obviously you can't pull out of the dog and say, you know, stop thinking about that. But your dog, it will be just fine if you go back to the beginning and train for independence right out of the gate. So regardless of how you've trained in the past, whether you trained with luring, whether you trained with two by twos or channels or V sets or wire guides, However you've trained them and you've gotten yourself to six poles, you've gotten yourself to 12 poles, uh, if you have a problem that's cropping up, then go back as if you've never trained them before and start from the beginning and work towards each section of what you're training, work towards independence, right? And so what happens in weave pull training, I think, is that people want to get to six and then the 12 so badly that they feel like once they get them there, then all will be good. And what happens is that, yes, we get them there, but that's not the end of the story. There's still more training to go on to make those weave pulls stronger and more independent each and every time. And so 
even for my, I, so sometimes I get my students and I can tell that they want to get to six weed pulls. And so I give them a choice. I say, we can either sit here and we can work your entrances until your dog has better clarity on entrances, or we can go forward with the entrances that we have that are not very diverse or, or, um, is that the right word? Yeah. Very, yeah. Maybe not very strong or diverse. Um, maybe just like you're, you're sending your dog into the weed pool straight shot. You yeah. Know? They can, they can essentially get, um, you know, one, two, maybe three angles of entrances, right? Maybe four. And so I give them a choice. I say, we can stay here on the entrances that your dog knows and understands and is doing very well on. And we can continue forward towards six poles. Or we can stay on two to four poles and work just your entrances. And most of my students pick going to six and then going back to entrances. And I have a new feeling about that now. Um, my so I, I and and so I we would go on to six and then I would tell them I like we you need to go back and work your entrances. We need to go back and offer your dog the ability to get into these entrances on the entire clock system. So I I work on a clock system, 12 o'clock being the first pole, six o'clock being the last pole, and you're sending your dog on like a, a spoke system on a wheel all the way around that first pole. So if you have the center of the wheel or the center of the clock is the very first pole, can you send them from all the different numbers around that clock? If the first pole is on is the center of the clock and we're entering from 12, last pole is at six o'clock on the on side, on the soft side, 10, 11, up to 12 is the easiest. And then on the hard side, hard angle or offside, uh, 12, 1, 2 is the easiest. If And so if we stay on the offside, the hard angled side, the more, the lower you go in the numbers. So 3, 4, 5, 530, that's the hardest. 530 would be the hardest um, positioning to be to get to back up to 12 and then down the weeples. And then if we cross over back over to the soft side, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6.30, 6.45, sending them back up towards 12 to take the weeples are the hard angles, 9, 10, 9 8, 7, uh, down to 6, are the hard, hardest angles to send your dog back up to 12. Where was I going with this? We were talking about entrances, and um, when you have students, you say, okay, we can either go up to six immediately with your bad, not bad, but with your non-varied entrances, or you can stay and just work entrances, which will make it stronger and easier for you to learn weave pulls going forward. And most of your students pick six pulls out of the gate, which is in their, in their defense, which is what I did with the dot. And so I don't see an issue with it, but you have to go back and fix your entrances. You have to. You have to, you have to, you have well, to. Well, no, that's the thing is you don't have to unless you want to continue to build independence in the weave poles. Right. I guess it depends on what your goal is. If you're trialing, I would say that you probably 
should very strongly, highly recommend. Uh, but if it's just for funsies and you're like, yeah, it's okay, we just kind of wanted to learn it and get out, then you do you. Yeah, and, and I would argue it is always best to give the dog the most independence because it it layers on to other obstacles that you're going to encounter. The right. ability for the dog to have independence on the weave poles, if you can master that, then a lot of the other obstacles become even more um, simple for the dog to stay independent on as well. Yeah, right. but it's also, um, I mean, like we've always said forever and ever and ever and ever, it depends on your dog. So if you're starting to do all these funky little entrances and your dog just isn't liking it and maybe you're teaching it correctly, but you just maybe have a dog that's not as um, high driven as your peers and your do- you just kind of wanted to do agility just to have fun and you can see your dog starting to peter out. You don't have to do hard entrances. It's okay. If this is just a fun little thing for you to do on your Tuesday, you know, Tuesdays off, then by all means. Well, yes and no. I think that just how you approach them, for some dogs that don't like them, I think that if you approach it with just very, very, very short sessions, and let's go back to entrance work. When I train entrance work, I train on two to four poles. That's it. Two poles, three poles, four poles depends on the dog, depends on the difficulty of the entrance. And so uh, training the dogs on all six for entrances, I wouldn't be doing that until they're mastering speed, distraction, um, and distraction also includes side changes on two to four poles. Now, two poles, um, it, having a third pole, having the, or the fourth pole, having that, that bend between one, two, and then three to four, that's actually what I call the load zone. And that is the most difficult part for the entrances. So there's two different classes of entrance work that is difficult. On the on side, so the side that they're supposed to enter on, it's that wrap between pole two and three. That's the most important bend. And then on the off side or the hard angled side, it's the it's two side chain or two uh two turns. The first one is the wrapping of the first pole. And sometimes that tight bend, they really have to pull down on their their deceleration to get that entrance. But then they have to change their leads very quickly to go right around pole two into pole three. So you're really talking about not so much getting the correct entrance as much as it is learning how to decel and bend their bodies around those poles. So for the soft side, pole, wrapping pole two into pole three, and then for the off side, the hard side, wrapping pole one, and then again, wrapping pole two and three. Especially so, for big dogs. Oh, especially for big dogs. Yeah. And and so learning how to help them by exposing that entrance just a little bit while you're adding in speed and distraction is the basis of entrance training. So entrance training and then 
I do the exact same thing for um, exit training, except now the poles are straight. So if I have good entrances, then I work exits, which I have four poles, maybe six, kind of depends on on my dog and their ability, but four poles and working really hard exits, convergence, distance, side changes, um, so that I'm knowing that my dogs can handle staying in the poles while I'm doing difficult stuff. Let's talk about the middle part. Because I think this sometimes is overlooked a little bit. Um, if you slow down, one thing that I would encourage everybody to do is when they're working weed poles, is get a baseline for what your dog's footwork looks like right now. Okay, so get a baseline for what your dogs are doing currently. And in order to get a baseline, you need a video. And so I would get a good baseline video of, I don't know, five reps, five reps, um, maybe six reps, three on both sides. So three on the on side, three on the off side, um, not working hard, difficult stuff. Just get a baseline of six poles. And if your dog's on 12 poles, get a baseline on 12 poles and look and slow it down, slow it down and get an idea of what your dog's footwork looks like. Are they, what are they doing? And I have a thing that I call pretzel leg where they cross over one paw over the other while they're trying to navigate the poles. And I think that that pretzel leg is one of the most difficult times when dogs are learning agility. And I think it's one of the most common reasons that dogs pop out. And so if your dog is still doing a pretzel leg, the most common uh, striding, if they're moving, if they're moving through the poles is either a two paw bounce or they'll do the bigger dogs will do a single stride. So it's quite common for small dogs to do a two paw bounce and they switch leads each time they do it usually. Then there's dogs at single stride. So that's essentially skipping through the weed boulders. They're changing leads every single stride. And then there are dogs that do a hybrid, a little bit of both. So they'll single stride for one or two, then they'll bounce for one or two, then they'll single stride or they'll do some sort of variation. Um, some barely touching down with the inside, the paw closest to the weed poles and others doing both, powering off both Um uh, their front and their back. Um, and so I think it's really important to get a baseline. And then from that baseline, see if you can build in some footwork for them or help them find their footwork. And a couple of ways to help them with footwork. One, um, open the open the weed pulls up, uh, let them be um, a little bit wider if they're struggling. I, let me go back just a little bit. I think if the dogs are driven forward and they're they're enjoying the weed pulls or getting good rewards for the weed pulls, then eventually I think they figure out their own footwork. And I don't think anything needs to happen to help them. Just a little bit of time and a lot of praise, keeping them on six for a while, switching them to 12 for a little bit, going back to six and just offering them really fun, fast, rewardable sessions that aren't sloggy, right? Like we're not working on entrances when we're working on footwork. 
We're not working on exits when we're working on footwork. We're just letting them get in on their easiest terms, build speed and drive with a big reward, either a toy reward or a cheese ball reward for driving through as fast as they can. Um, also, if they're if they've learned how to leave a a, a target alone, um, you can do a manners minder or a loaded food plate that or lotus ball, um, something that's out there. You can even do a Tupperware bin that has cookies in it that's out there and they know it's out there. As long as they understand their weed poles and they learn how to stay in them, that will help to drive some forward motion. Uh, but that can take some time. It doesn't just come right out of the bat. You have to train them how to stay in with that high level of distraction in front of them, that known reward that's in front of them. So that's a learned process in the beginning that you may want to start off of weave poles, on jumps, on tunnels, that sort of thing, and then build it into your weave pole training. Um, so opening, so having something that they're driving for and just leaving it alone on six, on a straight set of six or a straight set of 12. The other option is to open them up into channels. Some channel guides that offer them a little bit of, of movement for their shoulders to move just slightly differently, open up their shoulder base so they can throw their, their legs forward a little bit easier. Um, you can do a V set. I personally have never done a V-set extensively. Um, I played around with it early, early, early on, but I didn't stick with it. I didn't know a lot about it. Um, I, sh I should, I'd like to go back to it just to see what it, what it does now. Um, but a V-set, um, I know that that does offer them a little bit of footwork, especially for our larger dogs. It's nice for our larger dogs and short sessions, short, short, short sessions. The, uh, the last like, thing, like this, like the, like the, um, duration of a commercial break that's how short yeah yeah and it, and and if if they start to mess up you don't have to try and get one good one and end right like just end like if it's going sideways just end come back later that day or come back the next day just and don't slog them through weave pulls just to get them through 12 right um the other thing that I think is really, really beneficial is to break your sets up into six, but have multiple of them. So six, 10 feet, another six. And if you have multiple sets of six, um, it's nice to offset them. So I do what is called a triangle weave pull set where I put three set, three sets of six in a triangle, and then they have to go from set to set to set. And one direction, it's really great for um, one entrance. The other direction, it's really great for the other entrance. And so it just offers the dog a different way of seeing the weave poles that helps with di distraction and um, uh, duration because they're now doing 18 poles as opposed to 12. But they're in sets of six. So there's a little bit of a reprieve in between. They don't have to hold the, the foot pattern for 18 poles. But that is something. How many polls did you do with Millie that one time? Oh, goodness. I think it was 24. So two sets of 12 stuck together? Yeah. But that and was she, for a competition. That was for like a demo thing. 
Right. Um, I, I, I think 24 is a lot for a dog to do at one time, just once. Um, and Millie got mad too. When she hit around 13, she's like, why are they still going? Um, <laughs> but she did been doing right? 12 for the past, you know, eight years of her life. She did fine. She didn't come out cause she's a good girl, but I think 24 is a lot. Like I, I knew a girl once who wanted her dog to jump 24. Um, and so she jumped her dog at 26 and I just, I just don't see the benefit of that. Right. It's never going to change from 12, hopefully. Um, and you know, it's never going to change from 24 inches. And I just think that once you get to 12, it's okay. You know, you don't have to go no, past I'd it if like, you don't want I, to. I disagree. Well, I, I disagree with you, um, for short term. I think it'd be really, I think it's really mm. beneficial just to see, um, you know, for dogs that have experience now, I'm not talking about new learning dogs. I'm talking about dogs that have experience. You just want to challenge them. Um, I think that doing 24, 18 or 24 is not a bad thing. I just wouldn't plug away at it daily. Right. I'd like, we should get Dot on 24, see what she does. Yeah. I don't think she's ever tried it. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, they do it at the Purina Dog Challenge, don't they? They do. Um, so yeah. they got to practice it at some point. <laughs> I think that's 60, isn't it? Is that 60? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. No, that can't be 60. No, it can't be 60. That's way too much. I'll bet it's 24. Let me see. Or 36. Could be 36. 30. It is 30. Send mm. two dogs weaving through 30 weave pulls down and back. That's 60 okay. weave pulls. 60 weave pulls. Wow. And That's if you lot. mess up, you have to go back to the beginning. That's true. Yeah. And I the other the other challenge that I did is weaving behind Jinx. Oh uh, man, that's I, so hard. I haven't done I've gone through the poles with Eli, but I haven't gone behind him yet. But right. that, that'll be coming. <laughs> yeah. Weeples are hard as a human. You think you could single stride and you can't. No, um, are really hard. Yeah. Um, so anyway, my my point of this podcast was if you're working weeples, separate out your entrances, work them on two to four poles, um, and and offset, like right, like make right. those make those bend turns easier for the dog. Um, I've even for the hard side, for the offside. I've I've used a jump stanchion as pole number one, and then a set of two by twos as pole three or two and three, which yeah. actually worked really well for Eli. All right, all right. So all that right. is it. Happy training. Happy twenty twenty four. Yeah. Woof woof. woof. <laughs> love you. I love you, mother.